0: seems alright in these days of cold affections you sit by me and everything's fine
1: Welcome back, world, to episode
2: 22 of The Feminine Critique. I am That's Emily. That's Emily. It's me. I am Emily. You are? I'm Christine. That's
1: right. We're here to talk about movies. Yep. What movies are we going to talk about?
2: Um, This week we're talking about 1967's Um, Bedazzled, not to be confused. We're not talking
1: about the Liz Hurley one or the actual thing that you can, um, that little press thing that comes where you can put gemstones on your shirt. We're not talking about that one.
2: Yeah, I was searching for this on Instant Watch and I was like, it's not really called Bedazzled because that's, <laughs> that's like a thing to, to snazz up your jean jacket. Yeah, it's, I've seen those infomercials many a time and have coveted that. Oh, I had a bedazzler. Did it work well? I mean, my my jean purse looked real good, if that's yeah, what you Did it
1: hold up, though? Because I'm really bad with purses because I end up like... I I shouldn't get nice purses because I always bang them on things and put them down and like pins. If I get a pin, it's always going to come off whatever I'm wearing.
2: Um, Um, I am similar. But no, my Bedazzled purse held up real well when I was like 10.
1: So the question is Did the movie Bedazzled hold up well?
2: Oh, Oh, Uh, totally. Again, we got derailed that quick. The other movie is 1991's The Rapture. Mm hmm. Um, So two movies that
1: thematically actually make a very good pairing um, Mm -hmm. and style-wise are about as different as you can get.
2: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: Um, So we will get to those. But before we do that, we like to do something around here called... uh, Hey, we've been watching movies, and these are the movies we're gonna talk about, yo. That is the shortened
2: version that's of it. the name of
1: our segment, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not good at editing, so there's no, like, music for that, but that's the name of it. Hey, I've been watching movies, and these are the movies I've been watching, yo.
2: <coughs> yeah. Do
1: you wanna go first?
2: Um, if I, I can, you can, I don't know if you have a lot.
1: Um, I don't have too many.
2: Um, I kind of have a lot because I I actually went through with my... Ah. Oh, that's right. You've got big yeah. October news.
1: Alright, so why don't I skim through mine? Because I have just have a few. Um, so, let's see. Uh, <laughs> there was a Lifetime movie on called Dirty Teacher. So, that sounds amazing. Naturally, I watched um, some of it. I really just caught like, the last half hour. And it was pretty great. Uh, it had a good moment of a woman going crazy, which every Lifetime movie needs. So, you know, if it's if it's if it's on lifetime it's, it's got to be worth watching in my opinion and it was um let's see i watch i actually watched a lot of movies i had already seen
2: oh me too
1: um and i don't normally do that but it was like i guess halloween in part and so there were a few of them that i'd already seen were um two poopers the fun house hmm uh how do you feel about this movie
2: I haven't seen it in a million years.
1: Oh, it's a movie that I think would be really interesting to revisit, because I find, for me, it actually gets better every time I watch it. Really? Because I think the first time I watched it, I had seen a lot of slashers, and it didn't feel like anything new, and I knew it was from the guy who made Texas Chainsaw of Massacre, mm-hmm. and I just was like, this isn't Texas Chainsaw of Massacre. Um, but it's really, for a, on one hand, it is kind of a typical teenagers in peril slasher movie, um, or like one night slasher, I guess but it's so sleazy and just grimy and dirty oh see i don't remember that at all yeah there's so a should... lot going on that's just very like ooh, that's weird and that's kind of icky and i don't want to see that woman's boobs um and things like that uh so and there's a really weird dark undercurrent to it like there's a character of um the final girl's like younger brother who like there's something really ominous about him and the movie doesn't go into it but like as you leave the movie you're kind of like That kid was fucked up. He really (laughs) fucked, he could have really unfucked things up and he didn't. So yeah, if you haven't watched The Fun House, it is well worth revisiting. Huh, okay. It's got a nice grime to it. Um, Another movie I've already seen but I rewatched was The Stuff. (gasps) Yes, that's that's
2: streaming, huh? I just noticed that. Oh, I love this movie. It's ridiculous. I've said this before, Netflix doesn't, if you've rated something and watched something, it doesn't tell you that it's streaming
1: Um it will in on your Homepage for instant watch there's always like the Last cause you know, oh, would, like, like watch like, it Again like I'm trying to yeah watch it again Like it'll give you a list of movies that are now on instant watch my It's favorite,
2: never anything good like That yeah
1: my favorite recently well Cause it's not on your queue that's why Oh, no, no, you're right. It shouldn't be on your... It didn't have to have been on your...
2: I don't know. It just It's very selective about what it tells me. Like, there's things on there, and I'm like, that's streaming? I, I would have watched that yesterday had
1: I known. My Netflix got really specific. I wonder if it's still there. Where, like, the suggested um, uh, list of movies were, like, supernatural-themed horror movies with a strong female character and violence or something. Like it got very, mm-hmm. yep. very specific.
2: Mine are definitely like that as yeah. well. So I mean, good, good
1: on that. It really helps me know what I'm looking for. Um, oh, so the stuff is ridiculous. Um, if you've never seen it, it's worth watching just cause it's, it is a movie about killer ice cream, but then, so which is good. weird enough, but then you add in Paul Cerevino as a crazed militia man. And then you add in Michael Moriarty just being fucking Michael Moriarty who is crazy. Uh, and then, oh, and it has it has my favorite line almost of any movie ever. Uh, one of the lines that I fall back on quite often in life, even though one would think you wouldn't have many reasons to say it, which is, everyone has to drink, I guess everybody has to eat shaving cream once in a while. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's a great I, it, movie. It applies to a lot of things in life. Trust me, folks. Um, another movie I have seen quite a few times, but my fiancé had not seen it. Would say, hey. Was that the official announcement on air?
2: Oh my god, I guess I didn't
1: actually, I mean I feel like it was announced everywhere, but yes, for those who are not on our Facebook page or who don't like actually know me in person, I now have a fiancé.
2: She's very fancy, she's gonna say it like that Seinfeld episode. i to say
1: it like that Seinfeld episode. Or I'm gonna say, keep calling him just, my future husband, i.e. the room.
2: Oh, so funny, I yeah. look forward to it, to, to, the, to the months and months to of that. To the months of me saying, fiancé. Yeah,
1: except I keep spelling it wrong. I keep spelling his with two E's, which is just getting confusing.
2: I don't know. I don't know how to spell that.
1: Um, if it's the the male fiancé has one E, the
2: female fiancé has two E's. Yes, it's, it's all the letters that come before it that I find troublesome.
1: <laughs> just start <laughs> typing. Sometimes your phone will tell you what to do from there. Oh, thank god. It's a good rule of thumb. But so the really perfectly thematic movie that we watched that, because he had never seen, um... Uh-huh would be it is not it is one of is okay it is probably my favorite horror franchise this is probably my third favorite in the series of five because i haven't seen the six one yet so i don't know how that is and
2: it would be bride of chucky oh i was gonna watch all those in in the, in the month of the october oh, i think I they're forgot. all instant are they oh i might do have to do box. that you'll see what i did go for okay not, you go through mine oh, but days. I'm gonna have to do that.
1: Had you seen that one before? Oh God, yes, I saw that. I've seen other than obviously the one that just came out, I saw every child's play movie in the theater, mm-hmm. including the first one when I was six years old. Um, yeah, I, I saw one, two, three with my parents or the, with other family members. And then four or Bride of Chucky was the first one I got to go see with my friends, which was really exciting. Uh, Seed is actually my favorite. Seed of Chucky I think is very underrated and it's a, I just think it's amazing. Um, but Bride of Chucky is really fun because it, uh, on one hand, is still a horror movie. By Seed of Chucky, it's just kind of all out camp. But Bride of Chucky, it's still kind of following a like traditional. Here you have your young characters and they're your heroes, and then you have you know the horror stuff going on. Um, so it still has that kind of like stabilizing force. But Mm -hmm. then you add in the fact that you have Chucky and Jennifer Tilly as Tiffany and, like, you know, other things like John Ritter and Kathy and Jimmy making a cameo. And it's just really funny. And just different. I love it. Yeah, I've never seen that one. It has doll sex. Yeah, that's what they say, huh? Yeah, it does. No, it does. Even though if you were to watch it on, like, I don't know what channels do it now, but I remember years ago when it was on cable one day, or like not like HBO cable, the other cable. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh good, Brad right Chuckie's on!" Oh good, I'm right at the part where they have doll sex, and they actually cut out the doll sex. The doll sex—it's oh. shadows. You're not seeing doll penis, but they it's actually expensive. cut it out. Yeah, it, they cut it out of like AMC. Um, so make sure you watch the unedited cut, guys, if you want to see the doll sex, which obviously you do. Of course. Yeah. Okay, so of course, a hearty recommendation. Um, and then a few movies that I had never seen, including Alec Baldwin in The Shadow.
2: Ah, so good, but terrible, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell this is a movie that made sense on paper. i like, okay, we're going to do a period film. We've got Alec Baldwin. Make a makes a pretty good shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so are we going, like, really dark, or are we going really light? I don't know. Can't we do both? No, actually, you can't. But, oh, I guess you just did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's weird because it, it just doesn't understand what its tone is supposed to be. There, I mean, there's some wonky CGI going on in there, but, I mean, that's a product of 1994. Uh, there, there's, Penelope Ann Miller is actually good in it, and I feel like I'd never say that about her because she's always just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's cute in it. It has this crazy good cast. Ian McKellen is in it. Yeah, the cast is kind of surprising yeah. when you go through. There's a whole bunch of... Tim Curry is in it. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people that deserve better. And it's kind of a shame because you feel like a better movie could definitely have been made with all of those ingredients, Um, but it's interesting and again, the kind of movie that's very forgotten of, so I mean, you know. Um, Another movie I'd never seen um, from an era of very few movies that I've seen would be 1940-something-somethings The House of Fear, which is a Sherlock Holmes movie with Basil Rathborn, I think. Okay. Uh, I've never seen a Sherlock Holmes movie. Um, this one was quite entertaining. We've, uh, as you know, um, I've been watching some Murder, She Wrote. Oh, have you? That's strange. Yeah, um, by the way, folks, um, I know it's on an instant watch anymore, but if you have the Hallmark movie channel, you can record three episodes a night. So, it's still there. Don't worry. Uh, so anyway, point being, like, I'm kind of starting to enjoy mysteries, and, um... House of Fear is, is fun, because it has kind of like a Ten Little Indians vibe to it, of so. people mm-hmm. cool getting hunted down. Um, so yeah, it was a good watch. Uh, and then I've just got two more here, one of which would be uh, 1986's Witchboard.
2: Which I have never seen.
1: I had never seen it, and only the only reason it ever stuck in my head was that in Men, Women, and Chainsaws, the very famous book that kind of started film criticism on horror movies, uh, yep. She goes into, she has like a whole chapter on this movie, and even though I've never heard anybody else ever talk about it, uh, I knew that there were three of them, and I knew that it was directed by the guy who did Night of the Demons and Pinocchio's mm-hmm. Revenge. I really like Pinocchio's Revenge. Shocking. No, it's actually really good, and it's not about a killer doll.
2: I'm saying it's shock- I, I, it would be shocking for you to enjoy something like that. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't- that Texas- twang is really affecting your sarcasm. Oh,
2: whatever. I'm not insinuating you have questionable taste. I would Sorry. never. Would be the first one mm-hmm. um,
1: but so Witchboard 1986, also stars a guy from Days of Our Lives, Patch, of, of uh, Kayla and Patch. You mm-hmm. folks out there, I know Zach knows what I'm talking about there. Um, Witchboard was, I liked it. It's not, uh, It's it's very talky, it's very character driven. It is a movie, it's kind of about a woman who gets possessed by a Ouija board spirit um you know the effects don't really hold up the pacing is very slow but I just found like I like these characters and I liked their relationships and I believe their relationships and I found myself really involved in it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um so it's a it's a tricky recommend because I feel like it's very easy to get hoodwinked into thinking you're watching something very different than what you get in the end um but it's like a really good character horror movie. So. I always thought
2: it was, like, really sexy. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. I Because I think the cover was kind of sexy. It was like a girl, very scantily clad thing, widget board.
2: Oh, uh, well, that's probably why. I always thought it was one of those, like, really, like, plotless, like, s- half-naked running around broads. Not that there's, there's anything wrong it. Well, you know what?
1: Two, I would say two reasons. One, because Night of the Demons is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And two, because... Like, I feel like any movie that has witch in the title usually is like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe I just have preconceived notions. Yeah, but I mean, it's really, I don't I, cause, and you would love it too, because there's a lot of, like, a lot going on between two male characters, of mm-hmm. uh, they were friends and then they stopped being friends and now they both love the same woman, but like, they have most of the scenes together. Love it. So it's very much, like, I was watching it, I'm like, I think this is a Christine kind of movie. (laughs) But yeah, there was something about it that I just found, like, I was into it and I cared about these people. Even though, like, at a certain point you have demon voice and you have, like, some bad possession stuff going on. But I just, I cared enough that it was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last thing I watched would be, (laughs) I know you've seen this one. (gasps) What? It stars one of your favorites. It stars... Um. <laughs> okay, uh, uh. so it was on Instant for a really long time, and it was going off Instant this week. Uh-huh. Most people pretty much despise this film. I really want you to guess it now. It's just fun or fun. Oh, by. I don't know. Um, it is, Uh. It, it, it's in English, but I believe it was filmed in Italy. Okay. With a variety of accents.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: the lead actor in this movie... Um, this movie was probably most famous for the fact that the lead actor sued the movie because. Oh, you taught? Is it Diallo? <laughs> <It's> Diallo. <Yes. laughs> um,
2: that was on instant. It was on instant for a really long time. I think. It's on two more days, honey. Two it days. never told me.
1: Oh God, Netflix. Why would so you had you seeing? had you not seen it before? Oh, no, I had not seen it
2: before. So okay, I I understand that there are actually some defenders of this film. I don't understand those well, people.
1: Well, here's the thing. Let me start with a kind of a disclaimer because the thing is. I mean, I like Suspiria, I, I yeah. have liked other Argento, but at the same time, like, I'm, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't say that Argento is overrated for me, I just think I don't really see the mastery that a lot of other film, especially genre film fans do. Like, mm-hmm. I know Large William, I think that's his favorite director. Yeah. I can understand it, I just always... I don't know. I don't connect to his stuff. I think it's visually good, but I've seen much more striking visuals. And I feel like he flirts with really interesting ideas on gender, but he never really does much with them. Yeah. Um, so for me, like, here's the thing about Giallo, it kind of feels like a Dario Argento movie from 1978. It just kind of feels like he never got better as a filmmaker. uh uh-huh. Um... So, like, I didn't hate this. I was entertained by the movie because it was ridiculous.
2: And I, You didn't feel embarrassed for the cast at any I point? Did,
1: but <laughs> the fact that they were going for it meant, like, I, I, any like, I can feel bad for, um, you know, actors put in bad roles, but I actually have more respect for Brody now because he really goes for it. <gasps> and he really up and just the, the accent kissy kissy
2: oh man he went
1: for it I was entertained it was it was a shitty movie I'm not saying it wasn't a shitty movie I just kind of feel to me it's not that like oh Argento has fallen so far it's just that mm-hmm. he stopped everything yeah. in like after what opera like after that it just was like he never improved anything so therefore his dialogue is still 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 is still stilted um his you know his interact character interactions still don't really make sense like it's just kind of like he just never improved Romero kind of the same thing happened with in a lot of ways I think
2: yeah I I, when people say like oh the god they got so terrible no I don't think it's that it's just like they didn't evolve yeah
1: you look at a, a Cronenberg film from you know the last 10 years And you can see that it's the same director that made Shivers and Rabbit and the Brood. Yes. But you can see that, you know, kind of both in terms of skill and um, probably philosophy and, and thought process and maybe, you know, politics and all that, that he that, you know, this filmmaker has changed in the past 20 years with like Argento and Romero stuff, it kind of just feels like they're like, Alright, this worked for me twenty years ago, I'm just gonna keep this, doing this it. This is what I'm gonna do now. And, yeah. Like, that's Giallo to me, if if I were to watch if you could find a way to like haze over like the look of the film so that it visually looked like um tenebrae, I don't yeah. think Tenebrae's that much better. I just think it's a matter of there's no
2: evolution. So he's still making films that you know, might have been okay in the '70s, but really aren't now. I would say that Tenebrae is a better film than Giallo.
1: <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I wasn't. I should give it another chance. I was. I was. Which on one, L. Tenebrae or Giallo? <laughs> well, Giallo, I'll just watch forever. Um, no. No, no, Tenebrae. I. It had been pretty hyped up as like. Yeah, I like Tenebrae. Thing, I, I don't
2: like.
1: I. I don't want to say I don't like Giallo. I'm not a big Giallo fan.
2: I'm not a big Giallo fan either. Tenebrae is one of my favorites. That and um, New York Ripper.
1: I always go back to Don't Torture a Duckling because it's the one giallo I've seen where the twist um and I'm not giving it away but where my problem with giallo is always you're watching this movie and you're kind of into it because you're like "Ooh, who's the killer I'm intrigued oh my god cool visuals I do sound exactly like that when I'm every time and then you get to the end and then the next the last 15 minutes are just kind of wasted on it was the shoe shiner who has no connection whatsoever to anything, yeah. and now we're yep. going to attack on a backstory that doesn't fit anything. My the reason that don't Tr- don't torture a duckling really changed differently because that's a movie where you get to the end, and the reveal makes perfect sense because it's thematically connected to everything that's been going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, this isn't just some random killer. This is about blah blah blah. It's a theme of the movie, and so even like Tenebrae kind of felt like it was nope, we get to the end and that's the killer. What? Movie yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's my thing about Giallo. Not G- Giallo the movie, but Giallo the G- genre. The
2: G- genre. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I got. That's pretty good. Alright, what do you have, Missy? Okay, well, um, as I mentioned previously, I wanted to watch a genre e-movie every day um, in October. And you did it? I walked away from October with 31 movies logged. Yeah. Um, there are some questionable, <laughs> questionable ones in there. Um, but I mean, I managed to watch a movie every day, so that's something. I want
1: to hear about the questionable
2: ones. Well, um, this is questionable. Right after we recorded our last podcast, I watched Jennifer's Body again. <laughs> <laughs> <Cheer>. <laughs> and I logged it again. So. <laughs> um, I watched Halloween 3. Uh, it had been a long time. Um, yeah, that was one of the only few things that made me almost not
1: say yes when we were because he doesn't like Halloween 3. That's
2: crazy to you me. Know. Halloween I 3 is I'll amazing. The director is from the same hometown, him. So. Halloween 3 is great. It's yeah, it is. ridiculous and it's absurd. absurd. It's but there's some serious upsetting stuff in there, too. Well, you know, kids' uh. heads getting... It really, you know what it is. It's in the in the motel room when that that lady is um fucking with the Sylvester Shamrock thing with like a bobby pin or something, and yeah. it like shoots her in the face. Yeah, that's Jesus, good. it's so I don't upsetting. Want to die that way. Um, I-, I watched the director's cut of the Frighteners. I've never seen the Frighteners. Frighteners is a good movie. Mm-hmm. I stand by that. Um, the director's cut. There was no need for it Because it, it made it less good? Is it like another hour long, like most Peter Jackson movies? Um, it wasn't that much longer. It was longer, but it, I would say the vast majority of the stuff that they put back in didn't do any favors
1: mm-hmm. for it. In the case.
2: Yeah, so... Uh, but I like that movie. I also did a podcast with my friend Matthew ooh, ooh. Um, speaking about The Frighteners. Um, I have to remember what it is so I can you tell everyone. <laughs> I can't can
1: I just google Christine podcast About the Frighteners With her friend
2: Matthew And it won't come up It might come up Stranger things Um So I watched The Chronicles of Narnia The first one <laughs> that, I that That I've doesn't fit Into the genre i the second one it's James McAvoy is in it Isn't he Yeah yeah I fucking love this movie I love The Chronicles of Narnia I tweeted about it I get it that Aslan the big lion Is like god I don't fucking care I think he's I, Jesus Not god No I think he's god
1: are they the same thing? Oh, this, yeah.
2: I don't know. Yeah. When we talk about the rapture, maybe we can talk about that.
1: Um, Danny Elfman comes up when I Google Christine podcast with her friend Matthew about the Frankners.
2: I am Danny Elfman. No. Um, so yeah, I rewatched Chronicles of Narnia. I rewatched Ghostbusters. Okay. Just because I wanted to watch yeah, something. Why not? Um, I don't really like that movie. Really? Yeah. I'm. I'm not. Ju- I have not
1: watched it from beginning to end in a really long time so I really don't know how it holds up for
2: me. So I'm not, I'm not judging. I will say that I like the second one better. Mm-hmm. And I've often chalked that up to nostalgia because we'll I, I, I watched the second one more. I watched the second one more because it was on cable all the time. Just the way my age was, mm-hmm. it hit, saw that one more. But re-watching the original as an adult, I realized that there is nothing in that movie for women. Mm, it is incredible. really not a female-friendly film. I would like mm-hmm. you to watch it and weigh in on that because it will, really yeah. is Interesting. Hmm. I watched Ghoulies for the first time. I had oh, never oh. seen Ghoulies. Um, Ghoulies is okay. I feel like I like Ghoulies too better. Ghoulies is bizarre. There's one Ghoulie that makes the same face. Well, they all make the same face, but his <laughs> face is amazing and he just hangs out in a tree. I feel He's- like Ghoulies has a really randomly, like, exciting
1: cast. Like, is it Marissa <laughs> Hartigan? in Ghoulies? Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she is, looks right? so
2: weird, Yeah. yeah. So I watched that. I rewatched The Forgotten, which is that movie with Julianne Moore. <laughs> we talk about that movie so much. Um, I forgot that movie was about, spoiler alert, aliens. <laughs> if you... I was like, this is like a psychological thriller, right? And then it was about aliens. and <laughs> somebody gets sucked up from... I was like, this is, is this happening? <laughs> um, I watched Event Horizon, which I had oh, never seen. Nice.
1: Oh, you'd never seen it?
2: No. Ah. I enjoyed it quite a bit
1: yeah i'd like to revisit that one one of these days
2: Mm, um i don't know i mean if you have already seen it i don't know how well it holds up but it's pretty interesting i remember when it came like i saw it when it
1: hit video pretty early and at the time it was just kind of like this movie didn't do so well in theaters here it is and i was like it's okay and then it kind of built up this crazy cult after that like it was one of those like once it hit video people were like oh this movie was so underrated and i just haven't gone back to it since i saw it that first time so i don't know if they were lying or not uh and then paul p paul not t anderson Mm. went on to do you know resident evil and movies that like are so different um and not nearly as dark as resident as a event horizon mm. so it just always made me wonder like was it good i don't know
2: was well i am gonna say that it kind of was good and i guess this is widely known but it's kind of like sunshine yeah well that's that was one of i think i had that on a, a one of our google docs it's
1: like one of the future shows like one of these days we
2: should do those two movies together yeah i didn't i guess i event horizon to me um is such like a forgettable movie title it could be about anything yeah I didn't realize what it was even about until I was like halfway through it. I'm like, yeah. wait, this is what this movie is. Um, but I was assured it was genre enough to get oh, by. Yeah, I would think so. So I, that's why I watched it. And then I was like, this is like sunshine. And then I Googled it and I was like, Oh yeah, everybody already knows. that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently everyone's sure that been saying it. that, but, um, yeah, it totally is. So it's awesome. Um, I rewatched scream Four to continue with oh, my right, right. screaming. Um, love it Mm -hmm. i watched a movie called unknown which is streaming and it's got jesus in it um jim yeah it's and jeremy sisto is in it huh it's like a weird movie everybody has um like amnesia and no one knows who the bad guy is and who the good guy is is it any good i guess it's okay i mean i watched the whole thing okay (laughs) that's something right well I don't know, it takes me it,
1: It's got. It, it's a hard um, What do you call it, uh, it It's got to be bad for me to stop watching it Something yeah. Just because I if, hate, Like I feel like I've wasted time I understand, if, I don't, you, know, if
2: you don't continue like, it, I can't yeah.
1: add it to Letterboxd if I didn't watch it
2: Oh my god, I have such a story about that coming up But um, it was It felt like a, a tiny independent movie Which I think it was But it was, I mean, it was watchable it, Oh, you, Greg is in it too that's what part of it was the, the bizarre nature of the cast. Yeah. Um but yeah, if people have time to kill, I would watch it. I mean, it's not awful, but it's weird. It adheres to weird tropes and there's just weird shit going on. Um I rewatched Cabin in the Woods because I wanted to watch Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I really like that movie. I I don't
1: I watched um we just finished Buffy season 4 <gasps> and I forgot how similar like how the second to last episode feels so Cabin in the Woods with all the rooms and the Yes.
2: and everything, yeah. Uh, oh man, I want to watch that Buffy show again. Um, I watched Red for the first time, which okay. is that one movie with Bruce Willis. Okay. Because um, I, I want to see the new one. Yeah, not that's not the Jack Ketchum,
1: Brian Cox, dead dog one. No, I have seen that, though. Yeah, that
2: one's uh... Um But Red You're is... in that one? Good. Oh, what? Really?
1: No, I'm wondering.
2: He might be. I don't know. i am got to check that uh, out. It's going to bother me. So then, to do another franchise, I watched Final Destination. Yeah. It had been years since I saw the original. Uh The original single-handedly kept me from boarding an airplane until very late (laughs) in my life.
1: And that's Um, totally supposed to take place right in Long Island, too.
2: Yeah. Oof, really, that movie gets to me. So I watched that, and then I watched the second one, which I liked. And then I watched the third one, which I had never seen.
1: Oh. The third one is... Probably my least favorite, actually. Oh my god, third one
2: was so good!
1: What are you even talking about? Ah, uh, here's the thing. What I really like about the fourth one, and to a smaller extent the fifth one, is the character, like, there's a variety of characters. So there's, like, adults and grown-ups and parents and kids. Uh-huh. And the second uh-huh. one does that, too, where you have, like, it's not Yeah, like, pregnant lady Because it's yeah. just, to me, so much more interesting when you have, like, and I always say this about any horror movie, it's, I would rather watch like 40-somethings fight for their life than a, a
2: teenager. Mm-hmm. It's just
1: more interesting to me. And so the third one just feels really high school because it's all high school kids.
2: It is, but it was so good. I liked it a lot. There were a good characters. I, in I they- like the deaths, but I don't Oh, Do
1: you I God, Did, you, did you, you recognize the lead guy, though? Lead in guy. three? It's, um, what's her name that all everybody has a crush on? Mary Elizabeth Winstead? And,
2: um, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the boy is from PLL. He's from PLL, yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. He's also from, like, some weird Nickelodeon show where he was a leprechaun or something.
1: Okay.
2: Like, Are You Afraid <laughs> of the Dark? Who are you?
1: Oh, this just in. Um, so, read the Jack Ketchum movie about Brian Cox's dead dog. Um, this is where it all started for me of my confusion. Co-stars Kyle Gallner and Shiloh Fernandez. <sighs> Yeah, the two Mopey kids. I like both of them.
2: I like both of we them. We talked
1: about this. We are both fans of both of their work. Um, and we are both in the Kyle Gallner Appreciation Society for... Definitely. Um, for not hating on the kid for playing the parts that he's getting cast in.
2: Uh, but they are both in that movie. Um, I have, I don't think I've seen that since i known who both of those people were. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll never watch it again because it was really sad.
2: Yeah, I kind of... I didn't really... Yeah. yeah. Um... So, to tie this all up, I shut Final Destination 4 off halfway through, and I fell asleep during 5, really? so I have to try to watch them oh, again. Oh, God,
1: you, you have to watch 5. I like yeah. her, but 4... Is
2: 5 really called 5-null-Destination? <laughs> I've never heard that before, but yes. Oh, okay, because um, I keep calling it that. <laughs> 5, I loved 5. The thing about 5 is, like... Oh, five was solid. I was into it, and then I fell asleep. I wasn't able to finish it, so I have to start it over. Yeah,
1: you got you got to give five its due because there's something five does very special that the others have not done. Um, four, I appreciated more on second viewing, just because I realized like it's a little, it has a little more fun with itself. Three gets really serious, even three, though three like, that's I like it. I don't know, like the the deaths are like fun, but like it just gets. Like, I'm, little, oh, I'm sorry, Mary Elizabeth Winstead so will be. She is, but she's great. She's a great multi broad. Yeah, multi-broad. I know. She's. I guess I feel the way about her that like men feel about Kyle <laughs> <The thing> is, <laughs> let's said, is, is maybe the female equivalent of Kyle Calder.
2: And you know that makes perfect sense for me because I really like does. them both. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, no four
1: I think is is fun. Once hmm. you get the like, I remember with four, like here and there, I
2: was kind of bored, and four is really short. Four is like okay. Six, two minutes. I get to the part where the dude gets sucked into the pool thing. And then I shut it off. I shut it off, and I started five. And then I fell asleep because it was already way too late. Huh? You have an odd
1: way of watching movies. Why? (laughs) So I yeah I gave up I gave up on four and just went ahead to the next one. But I'm well I heard I heard that four
2: was terrible. So I didn't really have.
1: I I just for some reason I liked
2: four. I don't know why. I just was like look I have to fit I have to watch a movie on this day. Michael T. Williams. Who was that? He's Bubba. He's Bubba from Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um,
1: and Ugh. the girl who looks distractingly like Rory Gilmore, but is not Rory Gilmore. Yes, like, that was just. I agree with you. it. Was distracting. And Five actually does that too, because there's a character's an actor um, who looks so much like Tom Cruise in Five. He just he looks and he knows. sounds like Tom Cruise. Like he's got that like ratty little Tom Cruise face and way of speaking. <laughs> Um, and it was really distracting I remember watching the movie and kind of hating him because I'm like god fuck you're not Tom Cruise but the best thing about that and I have to, I have to look this up uh, that guy apparently is like a musician and he does he did a music video where the entire cast of Final Destination 5 did a video where they were all saved by the Bell characters dying
2: oh, That's kind Bruce of it was
1: absolutely amazing I want to say his name is like Miles Fisher or something hmm. um, I need to find that but I'll just put it on the page because once you see that you'll love Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah I'll watch
2: that okay good and that's it. I mean, okay. I thought that was pretty decent, but yeah, that's I it. I think
1: that's a pretty decent haul, girlfriend.
2: Thanks. Way to go! What do you have
1: big Woo! like? Uh, what, what do you call it? Ambitions for November? Do you have any goals? Well,
2: I really like doing the franchises. I think it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it motivates me. Yeah. Um. So I want to finish out Final Destination, and I like this Child's Play idea. Maybe going for that. Okay. Um.
1: Our our friend podcast, Married with Clickers, just they finished October, they did a bunch of horror movies. And they gave Child's Play Fs. I think, what? I think one gave it an F, the other one gave it a D-minus.
2: That's crazy to yeah. me. That's a, that's actually a good movie. I, I think so too.
1: And I'm I, not just saying it because I was six when I saw it and it gave me nightmares for three months.
2: No, I mean I, I enjoy it. I think it's solid. No. Meh.
1: But anyway, so therefore that is our non-endorsement of that show. We do not...
2: Of, of them. Aw, oh, but I like them.
1: I know, I do too. a big coverage for October. Um, and
2: congratulations to Show
1: Show for getting through the spectacular.
2: Yeah, I didn't listen to any of it. I'm an asshole. I'm sorry, oh, you have it all now, just waiting. Just waiting. Well, I know, yeah, I can do it all at once. Well, the thing, the the, the, the cord that connects my radio on my car to my devices broke, and then it took me a million years to buy a new one.
1: And to figure out what to call that thing.
2: I don't know, like a cord, I guess it's a male to mail like, yeah, Yeah, I don't know, I had to ask somebody. I was like, I don't know how to Google this, what is this (laughs) called? And then
1: other, I feel like there's like, everybody in podcast world worked hard this month, um, because on Gentleman's Guide, Will did the Midnight Ride. Yep, it was awesome. Again, really cool, much more episodes than usual over the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. And Outside the Cinema just celebrated their 300th
2: episode. Oh, yeah, I did know that. Congratulations. Yeah. That is a lot of podcasting. And, uh,
1: we don't have as much podcasting. But we are <coughs> going to talk about movies. Yeah. Now, do you want to start uh, chronologically? Yeah, let's go chronologically. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about 1967's Bedazzled. I'm
0: not going to tell you, you're making a mistake. Tell you not to go, no I won't. I'll only say what I've learned along my way. The devil, you know, beats the devil you don't. We don't work in the best of situations. We don't live very well. We don't live in the neighborhood of heaven live somewhere closer to hell now we have learned to work around the situation learn to hide till the heat has passed you will learn a promise of salvation can mask another inferno's blast the devil you know beats the devil you don't and
1: we're back to talk about 1967 not nine not 2000 and somethings dazzled. yeah now, this was recommended. Remember, I had picked The Rapture, and then Christine didn't pick anything, so I said, listeners, tell us what to pick. We had a lot of great suggestions, many of which I put on the list for longer-term, down-the-line viewing. Um, but this one, uh, we, we haven't really covered many films from this era. Correct. Uh, we have not covered any of these kinds of comedies, really, either.
2: Um and This true.
1: was recommended to us by David A. I don't know if I should say his last name, so I'll just say David A.,
2: Thanks, David.
1: A. Thanks, David. Hey. Uh, now, Christine. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what happens in 1967's Bedazzled.
2: All right. Well, Dudley Moore works at a hamburger place, which I think is a fine vocation. Nothing wrong with um, that. He really likes this broad, who I thought was questionable at the beginning. Kind of grew on me towards the end. I agree, um, agree. But he's not happy with his life. Likes his broad, unrequited love. The devil, um, also Peter Cook, um, is all like, Hey, I'll give you some wishes, and guess what? When you ask the devil for wishes, it doesn't really turn out good. Devil's kind of an asshole. But is he?
1: But is he (laughs) indeed. Good synopsis, Christine. Almost too good, in a way, if I may say. (laughs) So now, this movie, written by Peter Cook.
2: Yes. Uh, Now, were you familiar with Peter Cook? Well, I know who he is and I know what he looks like, but I don't know if I've ever seen or like been around anything he's ever done before.
1: Well, if I say one word in a certain way, it will kind of this was like as soon as um I realized this, it was like a light bulb over the head. Mowage. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's the, he's the priest yes. in uh, yes. in Princess Pride. And as soon he as is. that happened, I'm like, that guy, that guy's awesome.
2: Well, I've never seen him be so attractive. Then, well, yeah. Let's just say this about that.
1: And I, like, I was totally unfamiliar with him and Dudley Moore, kind of as like a comic duo. Of- yeah,
2: I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, and then like once you start YouTubing, they're really funny. Yes. They're funny, funny dudes.
2: And so Peter Cook wrote this film. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it's Faust. Plain and simple, it is the story yeah. a Faust. Story. Um, the director, Stanley Donan uh did that name ring a bell to you at all no dude directed singing in the rain oh really Yeah, That's one weird. Of, perhaps one of the best you know big hollywood musicals of all time um and he also directed seven brides for seven brothers which is the oh, most weird joyous and uh great film that just kind of happens to be about um kidnapping uh women to marry them mm. but it has a great barn dance uh, and they actually make a joke about seven brothers or seven brothers in this movie. So.
2: Yeah, this is an attractive film too. So
1: it is, yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be on one hand because it really is a comedy, which you don't normally leave a comedy thinking, "Well, it looked really good." Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, looking at Stanley Donen's filmography, he made he made films where the look of the film was very important, and he he carries that over here definitely
2: now yeah. uh De- definitely looks good on the streaming too i will say yes
1: it was a little bit on my streaming it was a little like the aspect ratio or something was never corrected i don't know mm-hmm. you had that problem like it just filled up the whole screen and felt like i don't
2: a tend to sound. notice stuff like that i don't
1: either unless it's really obvious and in this case mm-hmm. it kind of just looked like this this is a film that needs maybe not that like it needs to be like prettied up but it just needs somebody to, like, adjust the angles or something. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how that works. <sniffs>
2: uh,
1: I wanted to look up how tall and how short the two of them were. Oh, yeah. People, there's a good, like,
2: foot and a half difference I mean, Dudley Moore and Peter Dudley Moore is, like, infamously he's, tiny. He's, right? like, my height, I think, yeah.
1: even. He's dead now, but... Right? I think so, isn't he? I think I remember when he died, so we'll say yes. Um, oh, but sure. it's one of those things, like, I forget how simple and how effective height difference can be in comedy yeah because just the two of them standing next to each other is funny very easily um and also you have peter cook's demeanor in this is so um naughty
2: yeah he's phenomenal seriously
1: yeah now this like you can kind of discuss this movie as if I mean, I guess a lot of like what I had read about it was it reads as if it's sketches. I yes. didn't really feel that way. Like I feel like this was a movie, this was a story, and it had episodes to get to the ending. Um, but I guess because Dudley Moore and Peter Cook did so many sketches together, it was kind of looked at sort of as like, you know, kind of a collection of these little comedy bits. Um, I think it's more fluid than that, but it's also an easy way to talk about the movie. So. Uh, we had seven wishes. Yes. Now, Christine, if the devil said seven wishes, what are you going to wish for?
2: Well, I wouldn't get into a deal with the devil, first and foremost. Oh, are you
1: so much smarter than Dudley Moore as a greases moon fry cook?
2: <laughs> I don't think it's going to turn out well, but um, number one, I would have sex with Michael Fassbender.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and is that exactly who you would word it? Because the wording is very important.
2: Yeah, I don't know how that could go bad.
1: Well, um, you probably would want to be more specific.
2: Because I want to have penetrative sex.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking more like, I want to have sex with Michael Fassbender as he is now. Okay. you wouldn't want it to be like, and you wake up and it's like, you're sitting there smoking a cigarette because you just had sex with Michael Fassbender. And then, and you have, of course, um, like the the L-shaped blanket where like you have it like underneath your shoulders and you're smoking your cigarette. And then like you turn and the camera slowly pa- pans and it's Michael Fassbender, only he's like 10-year-old Mikey Fassbender. And
2: it's... See, 10 is a little young. Well, if you had gone like 15 or 16, I would think maybe we should talk and about... And then your story your ends life? with you going to jail,
1: where you're not going to be having sex with Michael
2: all right so a dirty
1: teacher like unless you're kind of dirty to bring it back to life time. we don't have to bring it back to life time.
2: point being you'd have to be more specific which is what hap- keeps happening to dudley which moore. is why i'm saying maybe we shouldn't make wishes with the devil
1: perhaps because now dudley moore wishes for a few things he wants to be more intelligent and be able to articulate himself which ends yeah. up turning him into kind of an asshole
2: yeah and then the broad doesn't want to bone him mm-hmm. anyways yep uh, he wants to be rich,
1: powerful, and he wants her to be very physical. Which is actually my favorite one. It's really great. Um, because, <laughs> because it gives everybody a chance to... Um, it, it's where she starts to be a little more fun. Oh, yeah, she's so much fun in that one. Yeah, because she... I didn't even look at the actor's name. Like, she kind of has the... Um, like, she's different in every telling. And, I mean, you could kind of look at it as, like, oh, because doesn't matter who she is sort of mm-hmm. well, yeah sure but it's funny so it's okay um so in the second one yeah she's just really uh horny but not to dudley moore <laughs> uh and dudley moore in this one is hilarious and, oh in that one because he keeps bringing her things he yeah he brings her the mona lisa he brings oh. her a fur coat yeah. he just keeps
2: on trying and she just has nothing to do with him so um, all his wishes revolve around being with this woman yes which, and, i think yeah. I think I think around wish five I would be like, well let's try to switch things up a little bit. I would think that. Um, well I mean there was there
1: was one one or two different well, And the third wish was probably my favorite. The third wish is when he wishes to be a pop star. That one was really good because it's awesome because it's, it's 1967 folks, which means we get um, how would you even describe go-Go dancing?
2: Yeah, black and white uh,
1: tassels. Yep, was uh, great. Background dancers. Um, was it his song? Is called Love Me. Yeah. And then it's even better because then Peter Cook comes out and starts singing.
2: And it's like that he doesn't, all the ways he doesn't care about yeah.
1: you. <laughs> it's just really funny. And I mean, I don't know how, none of the segments feel like they go on too long for me. Yeah. Uh, and this one felt really short, maybe just because it was two songs. Like it really did fly by pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it, this movie really moves. And then in between the wishes, you have, like, you know, Dudley Moore in non-fantasy mode, and the devil just kind of being a dick.
2: Yeah, it kind of fleshes out the, um, the the, the devil character, and, and really mocks <laughs> the idea in general. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Because he's very petty, but in
1: like both really funny and really just annoying. like what does the devil do and you know you can you can have a lot of cinematic variations of the devil what does this devil do this devil um, basically just changes the parking meters so that everybody on the block gets tickets
2: yeah and crosses phone wires and Cross tells phone wires. tells wives that their husbands are yeah. having affairs or something and and perhaps one of my favorite um
1: just rips the last page of mystery novels out
2: <gasps> so funny for a second i didn't real i didn't understand what he was doing yeah and then i was like oh that's fucking genius like, it's a
1: lot of really subtle jokes like yeah it really is and i mean this is a movie that also I think when I tend to think of comedies of this era, I don't and this this is just kind of my um prejudice in not really seeing a lot of them. I guess I just kind of assume that they're more visual or that they're not
2: necessarily like word humor. Yeah, I was surprised at how how, how wordy. Yeah. I guess it's like very dialogue heavy film. A lot yeah. of
1: di- a lot of like puns like when um they're talking about the, because there's seven deadly sins, basically work for the devil, that's his staff. Mm. And he says something like, um, you know, I don't pay them enough wages, like, is in, like, wages of sin. Yes. <laughs> and just, like, like, funny, like, the and it's also the delivery, like, um, something where he, uh, where Peter Cook basically says, you know, oh, don't believe anything I've said, believe me. Yes. Like, it's... That, that whole thing is really funny. Yeah, yeah, like, and it's also his, he has a very dry delivery, which makes everything more entertaining. Um, In the fourth segment, we get the accidental wish, which, of course, everybody always makes. Right? Am
2: I right? What's the accidental... Wait, which one? If only I could be a fly on the wall. Oh, yeah. That's a great one because that has the really... Again, take take this with a great assault. It has a really funny um, rape bit in it. How, (laughs) like, the girls wearing less clothes, now there's more rapes. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, I almost forgot about all that stuff.
2: Yeah, lots of rape in that one, and how like, well, you know, you could get raped, look at your lips. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That one was really, I liked that a lot too, because I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. And it was cute. Yes. They were flies. They were little cartoon flies. Oh, it cartoon was kind
1: flies. of... you're talking high voices!
2: Um, and then in the fifth one we
1: get, um, Dudley Moore has wished for to be the perfect home and you know, for him and the chick to be madly in love. Uh, and then we get this very like madman like existence where very suburban married couple, except that the twist there is, um, and this really isn't spoiling much because all of these jokes are revealed very quickly. Um, he has basically fantasized a world where uh, the woman is in love with him, but she is married to Peter Cook's character
2: yes and in this game that one's really funny too
1: it's funny because you have the two of them like you know totally in love but then you have the peter cook character that they keep talking about as being so nice and so good and he's our best friend and we don't want to hurt him but they're talking about the devil
2: yeah um which is great
1: (laughs) uh and then lastly we get nuns on trampolines
2: yes which is actually my least favorite.
1: Yeah, it went on a little long for me. It did, yeah.
2: Well, because it's like the final where, where technically you get the reveal. Did we spoil this? Kind of. Um, but sorry, really, I mean, he miscounted the wishes because his first wish wasn't really a wish.
1: if somebody's like,
2: hey, No, that's hey, why you don't make wishes with services. the devil.
1: It's true. Try out my services. What would you like? And you're like, I want a lollipop. Okay. And then they take you to get a lollipop and make you pay for it. Um, you know, did you sign? you well, mean, he, he did sign a contract, so yeah, it was physical.
2: It was, but that's why you don't go into league with the devil. You are
1: not wrong.
2: You are not wrong. So, but yeah, the yeah. last
1: segment in general just had some funny stuff, but it just for some reason that one kind of dragged for me. I'd agree.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um,
1: now, in terms of, I guess. I don't know how like subversive this film was. I don't know that it had any controversy around it. I think it was more—it was the '60s. Everything was Austin Powersy and stuff, um, because you get like some kind of religious humor and some jokes aimed at um, aimed at the Bible and aimed at kind of a Christian God and a Christian devil. But then you also end up with a pretty like in the end, a kind of Christian. Uh, not
2: finale, but, like, conclusions. Would you agree? Which is... Hold on. Which part? of With the the, the whole devil, or just where he gets to try again? I,
1: I feel like, in the end, like, if you watch this movie, and, like, I'm also thinking of this in terms of The Rapture, which is a movie that I think you could argue, or you could argue that it's very fundamentalist Christian, you could argue that it's an atheist movie, you can argue like a whole lot of different points for it, uh-huh. and this one, I feel like in the end it ends up kind of
2: being like standard and that like, yeah well, good is, you know, make the good choice. And... Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying, yeah. So like, uh- there, there's some subversive humor, but that I think that's the one thing I would have liked more, <laughs> I guess? It's not nihilistic in any way no it's not this is not a mean movie at all no it doesn't it doesn't um I'm high it but it's you know it's even nice though there side. are jabs at, at organized religion and mm. you know our our our, our beliefs in, in God and the devil and stuff it 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 never it, it ends in a light-hearted very positive way
1: yeah yeah
2: I get. all right I, I hear you yeah I hear you I'm clear.
1: But yeah, so I guess that's the one thing, like, I almost would have liked for it to push a little further, because um, I, and again, I, I'm i not overly familiar with um, with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. I don't know if they uh, had more, um, if some of their humor tended to be more subversive or not, mm-hmm. um, but I could have taken a little more satire, I think, in that vein, but that's just yeah. a personal preference. I like movies that kind of joke about religion, but i agree yeah. yes um now do you have other thoughts on this
2: um basically more broad strokes than anything else I, I think much like you i wasn't really prepared for the tone of it i thought it might be a little bit more slapstick yeah i thought it would be kind of more
1: campy i guess yeah also you look at the cover for it and which is kind of awesome the cover let me pull it up it's Now, this movie is, like, sold as, like, Raquel Welch in a bikini. Raquel Welch is on screen for, what would you say, three minutes?
2: Yeah, really not a lot at all. Um, She's entertaining when she's there.
1: She is. Um,
2: And she's got a fucking great body. Yeah. She, yeah.
1: Like, I could see why. You know what? Looking at the cover, if Raquel Welch was in my movie and she looked like that in my movie. You would put her... It's her movie, right? Oh, yes. I would... Maybe I'd, I wouldn't even tell you who else was in it. Because she's got a bed a body. Because it's like, she's really long. And so like, and she's like, yes. very like, hourglass. So she's got like the big hips and then like the tiny, yeah.
2: Good looking woman, that, that Raquel Welch. She really is. I forget what she looks like in her younger days a lot.
1: Well, it's funny because I was watching this Brannon and we realized we're like, I think the only other thing I might have ever seen Raquel Welch in was Naked Gun 33 and the third.
2: I've seen her in some stuff, I think, but yeah, definitely that. But I, I don't have any. She was never on really... an
1: episode of SVU. That's true. Yet.
2: Yet. Yet. She still Yet.
1: She still has time. She's still alive. Unlike other people in this movie. I'm angry at now.
2: She was in Legally Blonde? Sorry, I got. Oh, distracted. so I guess
1: I did see her in that. Who was she in Legally Blonde?
2: No. She's in a ton of stuff. Like, if you go through her thing, like, she was in an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch.
1: Oh, right. Uh, Which I've seen the whole catalog of. Not I
2: have. Oh, sorry. Oh. Yeah, she's in a ton of stuff.
1: Melissa Joan Hart is a Long Island girl from two towns away from me. And that's you why you. crazy Christian her. bitch that she became.
2: She became crazy. <laughs> is she crazy now? She's a lot crazy. of them are.
1: Like, not like I have nothing, but you know, if everybody's got their beliefs that's fine but like she's like actively mad about things that i don't agree with um but yeah point being i guess the i didn't expect this to be nearly as smart in humor as it is Mm -hmm. uh like i knew the concept you know selling kind of selling your soul to the devil for stuff
2: um
1: raquel welch in a bikini
2: Remade
1: yep. you did you didn't see the
2: remake, did you? I've never seen the remake. Now I really want to.
1: I kind of do too, just out of curiosity. I feel like I saw the whole remake because it was it must have come out a period where I was going to the movies and I saw that trailer like a dozen times. Yeah. I think I could quote the trailer to you if I gave myself like I can remember literally You said Rich and Powerful.
2: Yeah, I don't remember really anything about it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm curious how it was redone. Because um, I mean, it's a really simple story. That sure, you could remake this very. Yeah, you could totally update it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this, like, I think the reason this movie is um, is so good because I really did enjoy it. It's it's not the concept. Is that you have Peter Cook writing and you have him and Dudley
2: Moore acting off each other. Oh yeah, it's the the concept. It's not the concept. It's the execution yeah. that makes it's it. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, I really enjoyed this
1: movie much more than I was expecting to.
2: Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Do you have
1: more to say or should we, uh,
2: rate? I've, I do not. I will, I can rate this.
1: Okay. Would you like to go first?
2: Sure. Um, quality of film 1st Mm-hmm. Um, 7 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to, I'm right
1: around there. I'm actually going to go 7.5. hmm Um, I just think it's a, a good, pretty, well-moving comedy from
2: Quality of life improved upon by this movie? I'm gonna go
1: 6.5. Really? Yeah. Lower than the movie? Yeah. Why's that?
2: Because it petered out too much at the end for me.
1: I could see that. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm gonna go. I'm going higher. I'm gonna go 7.75. Woo! Um, because I just. Re- for really. The only thing that's holding me back is just that, again, I feel like. I just wanted to push harder but yeah. I, I had a great time watching this i found it really i was laughing out loud and just really enjoyed it and the reason i think quality of life has improved it really made me want to see more by both the director and again i've seen some of his most famous movies but mm-hmm. i kind of want to see how he handles other things and it totally made me want to watch a whole lot more peter cook do stuff and yeah that stuff um and i feel like i never necessarily would have thought to investigate his voie, were it not for this, so mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that's uh, my uh, positive little ring to it. Yay! Woo! That was that was a success if that I was ever. A fun one. So do you want to have more fun? Yeah. Okay, so we'll take a break and talk about the rapture. Okay. Um, that's fun, right? I don't know, man. I got a lot to say about this one. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back.
0: with an earthquake, birds and snakes, an airplane, Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane, listen to yourself, Turn world shows its own needs, Dummy, serve your own needs, beat it up and knock, speak, grunt, no strength, the ladder starts to clatter with
1: returned to talk about the um, spiritual sequel to Bedazzled 1991's The Rapture written and directed by Michael Tolkien now I had seen this movie several times before this was your Uh first watch was it not
2: you know I had never heard of it Okay. apparently it was on Showtime a lot and a lot of people have seen it and heard of it but I, I am not one of them were most
1: of those people people who wanted to talk about Mimi Rogers' boobs?
2: Yes. Yeah, I
1: figured. And the funny thing is, you don't ever see them full on in this movie. Nope, you do not. Like, there is a lot... There's nudity in this movie. There's of any butt in this movie, ladies. Uh, there is... Mimi Rogers is, like, taking clothing off a lot. Yep. But whenever her boobs are involved, it's mostly a side boob. Yep. And it doesn't feel like it's very, like she's really covering up it just happens to be that like right as the camera is about to hit her she turns around Mm -hmm. so for those you know just saying right off the bat i know people want to see her boobs and they're lovely i bet based on the side view of them um but this you know this might not be the best venue for seeing her boobs (coughs) uh christine would you like to tell now i do we want to also i feel like we should just say this is a movie that can be spoiled very easily um and because it's a very dense movie, I think you kind of have to, to really talk about it. So Yeah, I, will, I so, agree. Yeah, so just a right off the bat, we are going to be spoiling this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you right now, it is a recommend for me. I don't know if it is for Christine or not. I um, got things to say, people. Got, Christine's <laughs> got things to say. So your best bet is to watch the movie and then come back and listen to what she has to say. Or Anne or Emily has to say, That's And what it. I have to say, but
2: you know. I'm really curious what you have to say well I didn't I things have been a bit crazy and hectic with me and I was only able to watch this this morning oh okay Um, my discs got all messed up it sent me something I didn't want not this and I had to work so I really after seeing this wanted to do a lot more research about it than I had any time to do yeah so I'm really pissed off because I need to know more. I need to know the background of this because I am infuriated. Oh. This is a film about (laughs) a lady, a lady that can't take any responsibility for anything. She seems to have a pretty awesome life and then she really likes God a lot because she wants (laughs) to fit in with everybody else that's really liking God. (laughs) Flash forward six years, she kills her kid (laughs) and then there's a rapture. What? <laughs> you really do need to write the back of DVD boxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie is about for me. Wait, so you think she has a really awesome life in the beginning okay. of this movie? What I'm gonna say is, they, this is a sex negative film, and I don't like that. Right off the bat. Um, she's banging around like, like foursomes, she's, she's getting it on with married couples, like, like, okay, not to say that that's what I'm doing, but if that's <laughs> what you want to do, good for you. That's fucking awesome. Get it. Get after it, girl. And, but that's not, like, just, like, her old life. It, it, even on the IMDb thing, it says that her, her empty, amoral life. So she's banging around, she's immoral. That's really fucked up. It's very sex negative. I do like that. Okay, Ad- fair enough. So um, that's her, my, my first strike against this character whose name I can't remember. Sharon sharon first strike against her second strike is she pretends to be all like oh yeah i know about this pearl i don't understand this i had the dream or whatever so she's like fu- she's a fucking liar and then she acts all crazy and weird until she actually does find god and then she's weird about the whole thing and then we flash forward six years and I just don't understand she and then she keeps saying and then she kills her fucking kid I didn't there's just so much wrong with this movie <laughs> sorry oh, so, no I, I like hearing you work it out it it's just out. keep going this is my problem okay so then David Duchovny the David Duchovny character gets shot and she's all like now this movie toggles between um like stage play mm-hmm. and really poorly acted lifetime movie
1: oh i mean uh, okay this this was michael tolkien's first directed film he had been a screenwriter before this he wrote the player and i think something else and then this was the first and to me it does feel and even just visually and not even talking about like the fact that the rapture is very um i'm
2: cool with the way the rapture looks oh
1: i am too i really like it But I feel like a director who had maybe more comfort behind the camera might have approached it differently or more ambitiously. Mm -hmm. Um, And even in, like, on some hands, like, I love the opening shot of this movie is the camera just, Sharon's a phone operator, which
2: I don't know. Oh, I I, I totally, I was totally into that. Mm -hmm. That opening shot was awesome. Yeah. The first, the first chunk, maybe the first quarter of the movie is I think is super solid. The writing is solid. The acting is solid. But then it turns into this weird, like poorly made propaganda film. Is it propaganda in what
1: way? Like by the end of the movie, what side do you think this movie is on?
2: Super pro-religion. Really? Yeah. In what way? Because I think
1: it can be seen that. I think it can be seen a lot of different ways. And I think the second time I watched it, I feel like I felt the same way. I'm like, oh no, like she, she did fuck up. Like if this movie is kind of, um, and I think, I believe Michael Tolkien is not, I, the first time I watched this, I assumed he was like very Catholic or very Christian. I think he, I read an interview where I think he was actually raised Jewish um, and is like kind of studied religion, but like he's not really practicing of anything now. Um, and the first time I watched this movie, I just felt like because of how intense it is that it's, like, a very ultimately, like, denouncing religion. Mm-hmm. The second time I watched it, I was like, I looked at it and I'm like, wait a minute. So, basically, she's kind of being tested, or she, that's what she thinks. So uh-huh. when, when her husband is shot dead, she's yes. okay with it, because she's like, it's fine. I know that God has a plan. And I think that's something that... Um, like comes up i remember like Bill Maher talking about this with um when Sarah Palin was like a possibility to potentially be vice president and how extreme her um religion was in and like kind of thinking of it if you think about it any political leader who believes that the rapture can happen is Mm -hmm. a really dangerous person to be in charge of your country because if you believe that sometime in your lifetime the world is going to end because God wants it to end, um, it kind of relieves you of so much responsibility. Yes. Um, and so in this, like it, it, you kind of you get that with Sharon, where she is just so sure at this point. and you know, she's had a conversion. and like I think within the context of the movie, her conversion is real. Um, she does. We she fakes it early on because she's just really empty in life, and I don't think it's that it's next negative. I think it's just that. Well, I think it is. Sexy. I can no, I can I can see that, and I think that is a, a very fair criticism. Um, in that she basically is living to her what feels like a really meaningless life. She yes. she has a really boring job that isn't really like helping anybody. Um, you know, she's a phone operator who literally all day long, she just says what city and state and gives him a number and that's it. And you know, we don't know much about her family. We don't know, you know, why she is where she is, but she's like, you see her apartment, it's very plain. There's really no like artwork in there. There's no pictures of people in there. You just get the sense that she's just somebody that has never really been able to connect. Um, so, you know, her way of doing that has probably been sex. Mm-hmm. which for her is not working out because she's just feeling empty um, so she kind of decides she wants some kind of, she wants something more um, so which is why, which I think is why she fakes it and tries like, she hears these people at work who have the same boring ass job that she has talking with such like happiness so she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian, I had that dream and they're like, no you didn't bitch So then I wish they had said that they should have, yeah, so you give her a look though that's like, bitch please so then, um, she kind of gets to it. She's, she's trying, she, and like, I feel like she is, she's faking it, but she's trying really hard, like, you uh. know, she, when she's like trying to make the bed after David Duchovny's there, and she's like, it's dirty, you're dirty, I'm good, this isn't the way it's supposed to be, like, there is something really awkward about it. I think it works, because I think it's, it's her blatantly trying to be something and feel something she doesn't feel. Um, she eventually gets it, she gets it by getting to the lowest point and trying to kill herself, which... Hitchhiker James Right? LeGreux. Yeah. Patron Saint. 9,000th appearance on The Feminine <laughs> Critique, Patron Saint James LeGreux. Um, in a role that Brad Pitt auditioned for, by the way. Hmm. Um, so she gets to this low point, she's about to kill herself, she can't, and the next day she wakes up with the Pearl Dream and now everything's dandy. Uh, so now when, six years later, her husband is shot in what is a really awful, meaningless the kind of tragedy that, like, when it happens, you just... Everybody sits back and just says, like, God, what a waste. Because you just, you know, you have this crazy guy who guns down an entire office and it's awful. And, you know, David Duchovny's character, he's still a young guy. He's a dad. It's terrible. And most people should be angry and... But Mimi Rogers' character is like, well, it's, it's part of the plan. And... So then when she thinks she's getting messages to basically to go to the desert and, you know, find him or find God or something, there's that confidence that I think religion gives you of, well, I'm so sure about this, this has to be the right thing. I know that God is speaking to me. God is telling me to bring my daughter to the California desert and hang out until he comes and gets us.
2: Really shitty idea, right? Yeah. Would you agree? Like, well, okay. So maybe I don't dislike this movie other than my criticisms of like, I didn't re- I really thought the acting towards there was something really weird about the delivery. And uh, at least for me, in, in the last half, but maybe again, this can all get chalked up to It's not the movie. It's I just fucking hate the character. Yeah. And it's just a super good portrayal of an awful, over-religious person that makes no fucking sense. Sorry. Parker. Sure. Oh, no, 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 please, because
1: it's, because, I mean, to me, like, this is another reason with this movie that, like, I really wanted to cover it, because I really wanted to talk, because I feel like everybody can have a different read on this movie. Um, and you coming from, like, having, like, because really you didn't know much about it going in, right? No. Yeah, like, it's really interesting to hear your take on it. And I mean, I feel like this is a movie that's supposed to make you angry, but I think it can make different people angry for different reasons.
2: Mm-hmm. Fair enough, yeah. you know,
1: because you can walk out of this movie as a Christian and think, um, you know, and say like, "Well, I just this actually reinforces my faith because it, like, it end, it ends saying God exists and He will save you if you love Him. That's you know, that is kind of the God's thesis and, and the last reel of this movie." So long as... And they say this throughout the movie. So long as, like, you know, you, in the end, you make your peace with God and kind of submit to him, you'll go to heaven. That's all it takes. So, the very last scene, you have a, you know, a new character who is not, um, does not have the same force of religion that Sharon has, who, you know, gets to very easily go to heaven just because, once confronted with it, he's like, yeah, man, I love God. God's awesome. And he goes... Now, like, Mimi Rogers has essentially been put through kind of a Book of Job-esque, or what is who is it that's asked to kill his son? Is it Jacob or Isaac?
2: You know? Are you really asking me? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you took
1: Bible study at some point in life. I wish. No. Most of the Bible reading I did was actually in my high school, senior year AP literature class. We had to read the Bible a bit, and it was so useful. Um, just for knowing certain references and clues on Jeopardy. Very useful. Um, But there is, uh, I want to say it's Isaac, but I might be wrong, where in the Old Testament, because that's another thing about this movie, this movie is like pure Old Testament Christianity, um, where, you know, in New Testament, Jesus is kind of awesome and he's like nice and stuff and he dies for your sins, but like he understands you and all the stuff about like God hating gays or hating you know people who are different that's all old testament not new testament Mm -hmm. um so but like old testament is where you have god and the devil making a, a deal with making a bet on job and okay how far can we push this dude before he goes to the devil's side we're gonna kill his family we're gonna give him boils we're gonna destroy his home we're gonna you know kill his children but he still loves god okay so god wins that one um and then i whoever it was jacob or isaac where God basically says to them, prove your love to me by killing your child. And I think, and I might be wrong, in the Bible, like the, the the dad is about to and then is stopped by God. But the important thing basically is that they are they will do it. They are willing to kill their child if God tells them to. So in this, you kind of you have a weird thing though, because God isn't telling Mimi Rogers to kill her daughter.
2: No. Also, she's fucking, I, I, I see this as just, uh, this movie is about um, child abuse, too. <laughs> just really, like, really, I, I, hate, I hate everybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. They Like, the little girl is like, well, you're telling me, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm very, I don't, organized religion and me aren't friends. Um, even though this movie ends the way it ends, I will still say this. He, she's basically lying to this little girl. <laughs> And saying, I get that in the context of this film it turns out not to be a lie but I'm asserting that in my belief system she's lying to this little girl saying like yeah 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 do you love baby Jesus like asking her these awful questions like you have to love baby Jesus do you love baby Jesus Mm -hmm. or your dad's in heaven and you can go to heaven and see him like I feel like she's fucking bold faced lying to this little girl so the little girl starts screaming oh why can't we just die oh my god you're awful you're an awful awful woman she's awful oh I'm not arguing <laughs> I'm not
1: arguing that point what, but, I'm, what I'm saying is like yeah because think about it that's if you I, I don't know if you know people like this I know some people like this where you really do feel that's right that's what you're going to teach your children Yeah. you know if, if I had kids I would teach them that it's really wrong to abuse animals and it's this and that and you know and that anybody can marry anybody and there's nothing wrong with that that would be what I would project onto my child, um, which to somebody like Sharon would probably be the same kind of abuse that she's doing to her child. From my <laughs> point of view, it's that Sharon believes a hundred percent that you know, and especially, and you almost give her, or at least I do, you give her a little more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, credence, because we've seen. She's not someone who just was born into this and has grown up without any, uh, any moment to question anything. Uh-huh. She started in a very different place and had a conversion and therefore now sees, you know, everything in my life now is because of God. And I know this because I, I know what it was like before God was in my life. I know how awful it was before I loved God and before he loved me. So to her, it makes perfect sense. And why wouldn't she teach her child this? I'm not saying she does it right, but I'm saying for the character, it's absolutely what she would do. Um and it is infuriating. And I think this movie is designed to make you really angry. And I don't think anybody is supposed to be telling like rooting for Sharon to shoot her kid. Well, then it worked right. <laughs> um, but I think at the same time, like you're listening to the logic of it and you're watching it. And like, it makes perfect sense if you fully believe this, right? If, if I fully believe I'm going to heaven when I die and I'm miserable on earth, well then fuck, kill me, right?
2: Yeah. Yes, I I just, I hate this character. Oh yeah, she's awful. She okay. kills her child, It's it's not excusable. But then, not, not only that, she kills her child and then she's all totally like, oh no, I'm not into this anymore. Well, what? I think, I mean, the, I. And I don't know. She's if super is. past the bucky on it because she's like, what, there, there can't be a God because God wouldn't let me kill my. Well, God let me kill my kid. Again, to go back to whatever the biblical story of the character
1: whose name S- I can't Fucking say, ownership. God doesn't let him kill his son. God she says,
2: has no ownership.
1: Me that you're going to kill your son, but then at the last minute, he's like, no, no, seriously, dude. You don't have to kill your son. I just wanted to make sure you were going to do it.
2: So she case, was. God him, so gets, God lets her do is, it. Are you asserting that she was she was waiting to be told not to in some way. Like, oh, no, no, you don't have to do this. I think she believed 100% that she
1: was doing what was right. Now, another argument that I think makes this a really interesting, like... And this was the thing that, like, really kind of... Once I thought about this, it made me, like, really rethink a lot of other things. Um, is she cheating by killing her daughter? And essentially she she's been told she hasn't really been told anything specific she she gets a sign that basically says go to the desert and wait that's what she interprets the sign she gets to be
2: yes. so she
1: brings her daughter there and she waits and she keeps she's saying well we're just gonna wait you know for another sign and it, it's like the old um what is it the old like joke of the guy who's like really religious and there was a flood coming and he's like, don't worry, whatever happens, God's gonna protect me. And so the flood spirits coming and outside there's like neighbors coming by in a boat and they're like, hey dude, come with us, we'll help you. And he's like, no, 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 God's gonna take care of me. And so then like, you know, the a, a day later and now he's on top of his house and his house is sinking and he's gonna drown and a helicopter comes by and it's like, dude, climb on the, you know, come, we'll save you. And he's like, no, 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 I have faith in God. God's gonna protect me. And then the guy dies because the flood comes up and then the guy goes to heaven and he's like dude god i thought you were gonna protect me and god's like well what did you think the helicopter and the boat was for but um yeah well yeah yeah well not 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 as a joke but as like the parable of somebody who is so intent on a sign from god a sign from god that That ignores the signs and because if you think about it she's in the desert with um with her daughter They are not, um, and I think this is a very specific choice, they're not in the middle of the African Sahara where there is nobody around for hundreds of miles. They could at any point, and they do, get in a car, drive 10 minutes, go to a Burger King and eat and come back. Um, They have that choice. Yes. Uh, You could argue that their God has given them that choice. Every time, because she says it like twice, like, oh, you know, we're going to wait for a sign. And somebody does show up. The cop comes by and says, like, are you okay? Here's a blanket. Here's a candy bar. And she's like, no, we're going to wait for a sign. Well, could that have been your sign, lady? Maybe that was your sign saying, you're done here. Go back and live. There's something that, um, like, I think, even though I think this movie is kind of ultimately saying if you want to believe this version of faith, you really have to be willing to believe all of it, I think is yeah. one way to interpret this. I think there's another way to look at it from the like more Christian point of view, because again, I do feel like this. you could use this, you, like a person who is very confident in Christianity could argue this to be a very strong reinforcement of Christianity. You could argue that Sharon got... That she was making the mistake in the end of thinking she knew God's plan and ignoring signs that He was giving her. And ultimately, when, you know, and she, sh- you know, when she kills her child, she does it for herself, not for her child, maybe not for God. Mm-hmm. She might be doing it to make things easier because, I mean, really, she should have stuck it out in the desert, you could argue. Um, and it leads her anger in the, in the last part where she's just angry at God and finally has the chance to kind of say, like, you are an unfair God. It's like, yeah, but it, you know, a certain branch of Christianity would say you have no right to, of course he's an unfair God. That's the nature of God. He's whatever he does is right. Um, so I think it's just like really forcing you to consider the world, like, Consider what um, faith, I guess, is from this really extremist point of view. I'm
2: not saying it's a good thing. No, you're you're right. I'm just going with my gut reactions on this, and my gut reactions made me infuriated and disgusted. Disgusted with the movie, as in this was a stupid movie, or disgusted with, like... I'm never what this is a stupid movie. Um, I never felt that way. But uh, there's just, I, I need to rewatch it, which is crazy. I think
1: you do, but I'm not, but not anytime. Like, I feel like it's a movie that can like sit with you for a long time. And like a year from now, you can
2: turn it on. Maybe it's just that it was, that character was so well written and Mimi Rogers did such a good job with it that it has, Whipped me into such a frenzy. Mm. I mean, that's possible. I'm not just—I'm not saying that that's not possible. But. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this movie should make people mad. Like, I, I think it's one of those movies that,
1: that's kind of designed to... Like, you, you don't walk out of this movie being like, Oh, it's okay. I'm gonna go get a Coke now and, you know, go get a burger. Like, I feel like you, you walk out of it either being... um. Like angry or thoughtful or you know or like woo, yeah, yeah, that, that rapture. Um, but it's like it, to me, it's just it's one of those movies that's uh, like not one that I'd ever be like, hey, what do you want to watch tonight? I don't know. I kind of want to order some pizza and watch The Rapture. Like not that kind of movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. I I do not know what I think about this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going honest with Well, you.
1: what's funny is that's the way I feel about um, uh, Michael Tollvan's next movie. He did. He did um, the movie that he's probably more known for is Changing Lanes. Although I don't, yeah. he might have just written that. I don't know if he directed that. I don't think
2: he directed it. I was just clicking through. Okay. I'm pretty sure.
1: Um, and that's the one with Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Affleck. And yeah. I, I don't feel really like remember that movie very well. I know I saw could. it. But... I really like that one. Um, it's. I feel like you could tell that it's the same writer because it does something similar because it's very much a movie about morality Mm -hmm. and kind of like how how far are you going to go to get what you need if it means doing the wrong thing and i i just think like some of the themes i could see like how this is the same writer Mm -hmm. the film he did after this was a kind of really weird comedy called the new age with judy davis and peter willer i think Mm -hmm. um it's much lighter in tone, but it's still... It's weird. And it does something similar where, like, you, the characters are really unlikable. There are these really rich socialites who both, like, lose their jobs, so they open up this, like, high-end store that just sells whatever you need for that day. And then, of course, they lose their money there. It's, like, really much more about kind of class, I guess. Mm-hmm. But its it's a similar thing where it's, like, a really hard movie to latch onto because it doesn't make anything easy for you it gives you like really unlikable kind of almost caricature characters Uh um but it kind of like by the end you're kind of in it or at least i was um so i mean he has a very i think like not to use a really like pretentious term but i feel like he's a very has a very
2: uncompromising tone in a way yeah um and I'm, I I'm, don't fancy myself a person that's so short-sighted that they can't um, enjoy a film with an unlikable protagonist. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she's supposed to be an unlikable protagonist or if I just don't like her. So you didn't like her from the beginning, kind of? Um, I liked her, like I said, that first quarter. Mm-hmm. I was like, yep, let's go. Um, I was ready for all the twists and turns that it could take, and then... I, yeah, I couldn't anymore.
1: Was it you? Kind of lost her after she six years later. That part.
2: Well, I was no, I was already gone. Ah, okay. Yeah, I. I but I think, like I said, I think I need to see it again because I, I like, I do not know how I feel about this movie. Mm-hmm. I think I tweeted at you, like, and I might have even tweeted like, "This is the best movie ever. I want to marry this movie," and then it just. Well, so that, that was when shirtless James LeGro showed up, right? Oh, yes, obviously. No, I don't know. I'm glad you made me watch it. I will say that because I never would have. But it's affected me, and I don't know if it's affected me in a positive way. Yeah, and see, to me, that's like that's a great thing. Like, I love <laughs> you, <laughs> awful girl.
1: I am a terrible human being. I know. No, to me, I like that. I because I think that is, if if you had watched this and been like that was all right. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, I give it a six and like, eh. like I would have been really disappointed. Like I'm really glad it made you angry. <laughs> and even if you don't quite know why, uh uh-huh. like I, I think this movie is like, and I, again, I think it, it might do, it might be doing a few things or it might just be so open to a few interpretations. Cause I think it might be um, kind of trying to give you um trying to give you a movie from the perspective and point of view of a fundamentalist christian
2: um, mm-hmm.
1: and i you can read it that way and i think by the end of it you could say like okay well not that mimi rogers's character is a hero at that point but that um she makes decisions that are very consistent
2: with who she is throughout the film and where she ends up and that's true. Sure, there's a consist. There's a consistency yeah. of that character, and right. that's why I can't go off the deep end with this and, and just say how it's terrible and it's an awful character because the character, like her or not, is consistent.
1: Right, and even like from the very beginning, um, as much as she's very like complacent and kind of like blah about life, she does have this one thing where she seems to, she has to ask questions. Mm -hmm. and like you go to the scene like even when she's kind of trying to bond with the christians at work she's like oh yeah like what is the dream like she's trying to ask them things when she's swinging with um with the couple and you know she sees the the woman who's having sex with her partner is has this like really striking tattoo that ends up like being very important to the movie and like mimi rogers is you know being like you know taking it in the rear and everything and she's just (laughs) in the in the midst of you know of having sex she's she just can't stop asking why did you get that tattoo i want to understand these things Uh and everybody's like we just shut up and like she kind of can't once she has her conversion it's kind of the it's it's the reverse it's the one time she's not asking questions because after i mean after her husband gets get you know gunned down her friend is saying like i don't know how you can deal with this i would be so angry and mimi rogers at this point is like nope it's out of my hands it's you know it's it's a it's a turn for her because now she has something that answers her questions for her as far as she knows she never has to ask a question because she's so sure in her faith so then for her to get back to the point of challenging god and saying how could you do this to me how could you let me do this is kind of the, I don't know, I, th- I think it's a very clear um, journey, I guess, mm-hmm. in that way. Um, yeah, and I think it's important that we see her go through those steps of questioning um, and then accepting and then questioning again, because that's, to me, that's like a big part of Faith is there's a lot of, and uh, again, like I'm in it, like I, I don't have much of a, like, I was sort of not really raised Catholic where I have a basic understanding of the Bible based on Catholicism. Um, And something that I have always had such a hard time understanding for people who are Christian or any religion really and and believe this um, is if you actually read the Bible and go through some some of those things, how can you possibly not question them? How can you accept that the same God who, um, you know, killed all of humanity and told a man to kill his son, and uh, you know, and accepted a world where women were raped and sold into slavery at all times. How can you still use that source of reference as what you live by today if you don't believe mm-hmm. those things, presumably? And I feel like this movie is kind of saying that very thing. Of okay, if, if you. There is probably a lot of comfort to be found in religion, as we see. She's happier when she has a real faith. Yeah. But the cost of it is, um, you know, you are essentially, at least in this ideology, you are submitting yourself to the will of something that, you know, it could be making horrible, awful, inhumane choices for you, such as allowing you your husband to die and you to kill your child. Yes, but that is the cost of what you have accepted, maybe um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think this movie is perfect by any means it's it's there it is clunky, some of the dialogue is not smooth in ways that it maybe should be. I think a lot of it is intentionally awkward, um, yeah, well, okay, I would have to watch it again to
2: to get that intentional mm,
1: but I think some of it is just maybe not that smooth writing um. And the same thing with, like, some transitions and just visually it's not... um, I mean, I think the kind of stark visual style works for the film, but I think maybe there is a way to have, uh, you know, a filmmaker with more experience behind the camera might have approached things differently. Um, And even, you know, in what it's trying to say, well, I don't really know. I think there's a lot of things it might be trying to say. Um, I just, I kind of love that the film just goes for it you know,
2: yeah. Uh, and I think
1: it's actually funny throughout. <laughs> really? I, there were some things that made me laugh. God You're right. made me an information operator for a reason. Yeah. Uh, me chuckle
2: out loud. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I remember that line, so that says something. There you go. Um, I mean, I like the way it ends. David Duchovny has a mullet. That's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, Not in it as much as I thought he was going to be, but no, no. Um, he is on the commentary track, though. Well, the the like DVD me. does have a commentary track,
1: so. Um, it's mostly Mimi Rogers talking about how I think like she got really sick when she was making the film, which is oh. kind of rough because she's in almost every scene.
2: Yeah, she really does carry the whole thing.
1: Yep. Um, there was a Kane, did you catch Kane Hodder?
2: No. Oh my god! It's, I wish you had told me to I, look.
1: I had totally forgotten that he was in it. It's the scene where David Duchovny is firing the employee, uh-huh. and the security guard is Kane Hodder. He's just standing there.
2: And <gasps> no! I, you one know one what? Because I was in such a time crunch today, I was actually making lunch when that part oh, was on, yeah. so I had the TV really loud. I wasn't looking at it the whole time, though. Yeah, no, it's a pretty badass mm-hmm. mullet.
1: Um, I mean, I, I really like Mimi Rogers in it. I think it's a really tough... Um, it's a really tough role, and... Mm-hmm. I'm sure other actresses could have played it maybe better maybe differently I think there's she has a really good sense of detachment that I think works really well Yeah, this is probably the thing that I've seen her like this is the only role I've seen her like really have to go for it in I guess Um, and I mean I I think she works in it quite well Uh, yeah it's it's, it's an odd one. It, it is. It is not an easy watch. Um, again, with that first shot, I just, I love how it, because it opens on this kind of camera pan of all of these phone operators doing the same thing, being interchangeable. So much so, symbolism, that Mimi Rogers is in the middle of a call and she gets replaced and it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah. you know, she stands up, a woman sits down, a woman who was, who was black and looks nothing like her, but it doesn't even matter because that's how kind of meaningless her life is. But then- then there's a pearl, and then there's meaning, but then, you know... You kill your kid. Then you kill your kid, but who but you know... No. And God forgives you, but... Who forgives God, Christine? Well, I don't know. Who forgives God? Rogers no, don't forgive God! You, mean Rogers, so are forgiving God? She's gonna sit in limbo. Forever. Forever. I mean, until, like, maybe... I don't know. Maybe, like, God will take pity on her and, like, throw down a deck of cards, or...
2: no, forever. Candy crush or something. That's her lot in life now. Yeah. Oh, that that is what she chose.
1: Um, I like that there are no there's no music over the closing credits. Yeah, I, I liked that too. Yep. Um, and the music actually, I think, was uh, Thomas Newman, who I believe is the guy who did the Six Feet Under theme. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I mean, huh. I kind of the there's there is a lot of music in this movie used pretty interestingly, just because you have raptures and stuff. Yes, and I kind of dug it like it it has visually it just it and um just like the overall look and feel of it. I can't think of a movie I would compare it to.
2: oh, I can't think of anything
1: because i I mean i kind I kind of love that you have this fantastical um, big ideas uh, end of times, but yet it looks so simple and stark and every day. I kind of yeah. really like that contrast. Which again, how much of that was somewhat limited, maybe budget and behind the scenes experience versus this is really what he wanted to do. I just okay. think it ends up working in the end.
2: Yeah. So do you have more to say? Is that, uh... I I really don't know. I, I need hmm. to see it again. I. Have feelings, I don't necessarily understand them all. Um, it's, it's, I will say, because it made me angry, Mm -hmm. that that says something. (laughs) If it was, if I was able to care enough, even if I didn't like what it was doing, if I was able to care enough, then that that says something. Oh, yeah, and And it it was confident, it was competently made. I didn't think it was, yeah. Um, I didn't check the Rotten Tomatoes, but. If you
1: look up like writing and reviews for this film, you pretty much have, it's a definition of a polarizing film because yeah. you have, you know, Roger Ebert gave it four stars and, um, one review I read was like, this is the worst film about Faith I've ever seen in my life and like, and so on. Like you get, um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of vastly diverse opinions on this movie from both sides. You have. And that's another thing that I just think is so fascinating about this movie. Because you have atheists who love this movie, you have atheists who hate this
2: movie, you have Christians who probably love this movie, and Christians really, really hate this movie. Well, I read stuff on IMDb um, or earlier, that's what I did get to do, is look through that. Um, and there were, yeah, there were Christians that were all about it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Because you can easily
1: make a case for this just being a movie to reinforce faith and say, well, yes, you you don't get to forgive God because he's God and he makes these decisions and you know you have you know it's not your place to question things and um, and guess what there's a rapture so see they were right all this time
2: exactly I think the fact that it ends with the rapture is, is very telling right. to,
1: to an extent you could say well that in itself kind of makes this movie might give this movie a bigger air of Christian credence because yeah, yeah they're right they're saying it's a rapture and there's a rapture I love raptures, although... like <laughs> Well, because they're just fun. Like, they give you so much, like, I mean, have, <laughs> have you watched the Left Behind movies? No. They're hilarious. They're actually, they get really boring, which is the problem. Um, so they're not really that good, but they're kind of also really hilarious. Um, but just in general, I just, I love the idea of raptures because it's the same reason I like post-apocalyptic stuff, like, yeah, it's just a really cool concept.
2: Yeah, this is a total, totally an Emily
1: movie. Yeah. Well, we, we were talking about, uh, like our wedding and like, you know, like, okay, planning the dates and everything. And you kept saying, I'm like, well, you know, like anything can happen if we plan it outside, like it could rain. And then I'm like, yeah, or we could have a rapture. And Brandon made a good point, which is like, it really wouldn't matter if there was a rapture. None of us are going anywhere. I'm like... Oh yeah! Then we just have a really awesome party.
2: I would be. I would still be there. That's right, most of like, us would be. I mean, I might have a family member or two who would have to vacate. Um, yeah, they'd have to leave early, but you
1: know. For me is what I say to that.
2: Oh my! Mm-hmm. <laughs> that took an interesting turn.
1: <laughs> All right. So um, I I inv- again we've spoiled a lot of it, kind of, but you could also. I mean, you could
2: actually listen to all of this and watch the movie, and I think still... Exactly, but it doesn't matter because it's all about the, your interpretation of the events it, that do yeah. place. Yeah, I
1: mean, the first yeah. time, again, and it's it's why you do need to rewatch it at some point, the first time I watched this movie, because I had no idea what to expect, it's, it's one of those movies that your first viewing of it can only tell you so much because you're so surprised by where it goes. Yeah. That you don't, you're not watching it Looking for things, you're just like, what the? Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, I'm angry! Oh my god! Whereas once you kind of know and revisit it, you're. Um, it, it's. I would not. Comp- I'm going to kind of make a far-reaching comparison to Martyrs. Uh huh. Now Martyrs, uh, the French Canadian horror film from a couple years ago that everybody everybody loved. I loved it, but the first time I watched it. I was so caught up in, where is this going next? It starts out as a, you know, it's like a a J-horror ghost film. Now it's a home invasion film. Home invasion, yeah. Now it's a torture porn film. Now it's a philosophical religious film. Huh? Like, where I was so into it that, like, the turns, everything... I wanted to know what happened to these characters. I wasn't thinking, what does this mean and what is the filmmaker trying to say? When I went back to it a second time, because I knew where it was going, I was watching it so differently and able to kind of absorb everything else about it. And Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like that with this because it really, like, if you from when you start this movie, you do not picture it ending up where it's even though even if you know it's called the Rapture. No, I didn't expect like a six years later. (laughs) You didn't expect six years later. You didn't expect David Duchovny to get blown blown away at work. You didn't expect. You know, her to take her daughter to the desert, to ran ahead. Like, yeah, it's. It, I think it is a movie that kind of begs to be rewatched and kind of revisited and rethought about. And I'm not like saying like, oh, go home right now and rewatch it. I just think it really the nature of this film is hard to digest in the first sitting.
2: Hmm. Fair enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but I do invite our listeners to come and share their thoughts on Facebook because I am really curious because another reason I've always wanted to do this film in a podcast is I really want more people to see this and discuss it because I just, you know, and I know we have some listeners who were, like, really excited when we said we were doing this because it's for the same reason, like, it's a it's a deep movie and dense movie Yeah. so many interpretations that just kind of beg, like, if
2: I were teaching a film class, I would totally put this on there Yeah, it's definitely the the way people react to it, I think, is is definitely telling mm-hmm. as to um, just the, the the amount of different readings you can have. Yeah. All right. So, should we rate it? Yeah, you go
1: first, though. Okay, that's fair. Because um, I
2: don't even I don't even know at this point.
1: <laughs> it's tough, and it's it's a tough one. Um, I mean, quality of film for me. Uh, I mean i I think this is like I forget what the last film I said this about was. I kind of think this is an imperfect, great film because I think it's great in that it does things that I've never seen a movie do and is able to ask questions um, and kind of explore territory that other movies have not been able to do that have tried. At the Mm -hmm. same time, I can recognize that this movie does have flaws. Um, So quality of film, I'm going to go 7.75.
2: Okay, quality of film, 7.75. Five um, quality of film 6.5 okay um, quality
1: of life improved upon by this film uh, <laughs> for me it's actually much higher because again I feel like this is one of those movies that makes me want to watch more movies like this and discuss these kinds of movies with people and write about these kinds of movies uh, like it's like, I find this a like not not in the Christian sense I find this a really inspiring movie uh-huh. in kind of, like in how it asks questions and makes me think and again like I can rattle off three different theories I have on the movie and probably more if I watch it more so quality of life on this movie I'm gonna go uh,
2: 8.75 okay I'm gonna go seven mm. I'm a little bit higher than my quality mm-hmm. of film i have to watch it again yeah and uh, when you do sometime down
1: the line um i look forward to you sharing your thoughts then
2: yeah i definitely will um but i'm really glad that i watched it i am
1: too mm. Beautiful. all right so that was our talk on the rapture um the movie is not on instant watch but it is available on dvd so yes it's it, you know it's a recommend because it And it's a recommend for when you want to sit down for an hour, forty-five minutes, and kind watch something really serious
2: and question
1: probing. It's not a make-your-burrito-and-watch movie.
2: No, I don't think so. See, because then if you do, you miss Kane Hodder. It's very true. With a mullet,
1: Christine. With a mullet.
2: There was some
1: serious hair going
2: on. I better put it back. and... And
1: we didn't talk about this, but Mimi Rogers has the best bedhead hair ever yeah her hair in this movie was like constantly just great like she wakes up sleeping and she just has like big happy curls Mm kind of jealous of that anyway yeah all right so do you have
2: a netflix instant recommendation i do now forgive me if you've um if you've said to watch this okay and i didn't and i didn't pick up on it
1: um listening it's fine
2: no, I just I this movie is so forgettable because funny story I watched it and then I said to my mom, mom I, I watched this movie I think you might like it, and she got so mad and she's oh, like I told you to watch this movie like two months ago. It <laughs> <That laughs> happens to I me, was me like, a lot. Oh, I don't listen to you, mom. Um, it is a movie. It is on instant and it is called House Hunting. I, I don't know this movie at all. Okay. If you saw the cover that's on Instant, you might recognize it. Um, but I actually kind of liked it. It's new. It's like from this year. It's super low budge. Is it Housing um, Two Words? Uh, yeah, I believe it is Two house- Words. Okay, there we go. Um, Art
1: the Florizona. Oh, it is a save and in instant watch. It is not a. Wait, uh... 2013. Upon entering a deserted farmhouse, two families discover that every attempt to leave takes them right back into. Right back in, is that it? Yes, that one. Okay. okay, i'm I'm adding it to my list. Um, it's
2: I thought it was it did some interesting things. It was surprisingly watchable. Mm-hmm. I had low expectations. And Art Lefleur is in it, and he acts his ass off. Do I know this Art Lefleur? Yeah, he's super famous character actor, Art Lefleur. Google his face, and you'll totally know who he is. I'll Google your face. Um, Netflix believes I will rate this movie four
1: and a half stars.
2: Huh? Weird. Out of five. So they think I'm totally on board with House Hunters. Yeah. Um. Art LaFleur is in everything, man. Art Leflore. Um, yeah. But yeah, I. The Field of Dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. have oh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, oh, he he's in, the in
1: blob, it. He's right? He's the. Yeah. he's The. the yes! Blob. yes. 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 <laughs> yes,
2: yes, 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 he's in the Blob. Um, he fucking kills it in this movie. Aww. And he doesn't need to. Huh. But he's like totally in it. It's awesome. So, okay. That's mine. What's right, your I'm, I'm putting it on my queue. We'll see if I get to it uh, before. Um, ooh, he was on an
1: episode of Angel. Yeah, he's in everything, man.
2: Clearly. I remember that episode.
1: Okay, so my pick is um, another fairly recent film. I want to say it was from two years ago or so a greek film um because you know the greeks are not generally known for the film industry but in 2009 uh there was a film that came out of greece that got some attention um and it's pretty wacky and weird and it is dog tooth did you see dog tooth
2: no that's been on instant for a while right
1: apparently yeah i just i never i'd seen it i think i rented the dvd a couple years ago when it came out (laughs) Okay. Um, it's on my queue. It's been on my queue, and I have not seen it. Yeah, it's it's an intri- it kind of defies easy categorization because you have it's it's a family drama, but it's very um, it gets pretty dark, it gets pretty mm-hmm. twisted. It's enjoyable. I'm the first. Like, if I had to program it with something, I would probably pair it with like maybe like a Bad Boy Bubby, but not quite as extreme. Mm-hmm. But still interesting and quite different. So that is my recommend. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll actually have to watch it. I think you would find it in I don't know if you would like it, but mm-hmm. regardless, I think you would find it worth watching. Yeah. Alright. Like, like not like oh, I don't know if you like it. I feel like it could turn off a lot of people just for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But I don't know, I found it just it it again, it goes for it. Um and it's pretty brutal but it's also kind of funny and it's kinda of strange.
2: Hmm. Yeah, you're not the first one to say good things about it, so I should really look into it. Yeah. All right, and now should we tell people what we're gonna cover uh, when we next meet? Sure. Um, I picked something. You did. I've wanted to talk about. You have. And I have talked about it, just not on the show. Well, I have talked. <laughs> Never. I mean, like, yeah, whatever. Semantics. Um, in honor of the sequels release. Um, whenever you listen to this, for me, it's on Thursday at 1010, for other people who know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have picked um, Thor to speak about, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about Thor. So Emily paired it with something awesome.
1: Um, yeah, I was, there was a lot of ways I could go with it. Um, but it just seemed, the, you know, for several reasons, um, we're gonna go with uh, the theme, we're in keeping with, I'd like to see more Peter Cook stuff. Um, we're going to cover another movie that he co-starred in, along with one of my favorite actresses of all time, who apparently who sadly um, cannot get a good job ever anymore, uh, Faye Dunaway, in a little movie called Supergirl.
2: Yay! I'm so excited. I've not watched Supergirl since I was probably nine years old. Yeah, I've been it's been a real long time.
1: Yeah, so who knows how this will fall, but uh We'll probably f- be filled with, um, less, uh, talk about, you know, religion and child killing than The Rapture.
2: Who knows, though? We you can't be sure. That's a good point.
1: We don't know. Nothing in this world is certain, Christine. But there's no way to know. Nothing. We'll never know for sure. Uh, to discuss these movies and The Rapture and The Bedazzled and, or Bedazzlers, really, whatever you want. But, whatever you want to call it. you want. Uh, Come to our Facebook page. Just type in The Feminine Critique in Facebook
2: and uh, come chat. We got a couple of new members. Yeah, come talk to us about things and stuff. Stuff. You can follow us on Twitter, which
1: we occasionally update. (laughs) At uh, at Feminine Podcast. Feminine Podcast. If you have any personal email that you need to send us for whatever reason, email thefemininecritique at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I have Do you uh, have anything to say? Happy Election Day Happy Veterans Day Happy 5th of November V for Vendetta Day
2: Yes, Guy Fawkes Day That's what I, you would call, call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, No, I don't think I have anything um, If you would like to hear That podcast that I was on I will get a link And I will put it in, on Facebook yeah. Okay You, you so, work on that I don't know why because I, I don't. I assume no one wants to hear it. Well, if they didn't, <laughs> then they probably wouldn't be listening to this.
1: <gasps> Which maybe they're not. We don't know. Oh. We, don't, we don't. Maybe you're not listening to this right now. That's a really George good point. Bush and new New York City Mayor Bill De Blasio. I don't know. Oh, did that happen? Of course it did. It's, uh, uh, it's I, election day. Um, new York City has its first Democratic mayor in many years crazy indeed see what happens when you leave
2: the democrats did I, I do did i do that possibly oh okay we'll find out
1: when next we meet <laughs> we won't really but you know it seems like a good place to transition
2: uh okay folks until next time yeah bye and bye. stuff
0: Your mind lies in the devil's workshop. And evil doings, your thrill. And trouble and mischief is all you live for. You know, done well, and uh, that you go to hell. Dispose of your natural soul because you know done well that you'll go to hell. That you'll go to hell. Say hell where your natural soul burns, hell where you pay for your sins. Keep your children from wrongdoing Cause you know done well that That they'll go to hell They'll go to hell I say hell, man and woman were created Hell, to live for eternity Hell, but an apple they ate a tree of hate so you know done well Now they went to hell they went to hell now satan was an